the Brussels Report podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the uh, Brussels Report podcast. Uh, my name is uh, Peter Kleppe. I'm the editor-in-chief of BrusselsReport.eu. And uh, I'm very happy to have uh, as my guest today, uh, Dr. Uh, Thorsten Polite. Uh, he's a German citizen uh, and he's the uh, currently the chief economist of Degusa, which is uh, Europe's largest uh, precious metal trading house. Um, he has been working for more than 15 years in the uh, international investment banking industry. Um, he's also an academic. He's an honorary professor for economics at the uh, University of Bayreuth in, in Germany. And importantly, he's also an adjunct scholar of the Ludwig von Mises Institute in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, I would say the most um, well-known uh, hub of Austrian economics and the uh, Ludwig von Mises Institute Deutschland. So uh, welcome, Thorsten. Yeah, Peter, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of, of what you do. And uh, so I appreciate very much to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Very happy to hear that. Uh, so obviously, the topic of today is no surprise. Uh, in one word, uh, inflation. Uh, for years, Austrian economists have been warning for it. Uh, personally, I think we've been uh, vindicated. Uh, the only problem is that inflation was not visible in um, in, in CPI statistics. Uh, and today, uh, we've seen uh, a new statistic in the in the United States. I think inflation is at six percent at a thirty-year high. So it's really impossible now to to deny the problem. So so um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And maybe more specifically. Um, do, do you think that it is possible that this simply remains for a few years elevated at, let's say, the three, four, five, six percent level? Peter, you made a very important point. Uh, inflation hasn't been gone. It has always been with us, but mm -hmm. uh, mostly it hasn't shown up in consumer goods prices, but it has uh, pushed up uh, asset prices in the last decades. Uh, look at the stock market, the housing market. Uh, that was rampant inflation. So um, we find ourselves in a situation now where uh, inflation is actually creeping into consumer goods prices. And as you rightly pointed out, in October 2021, uh, the annual increase in consumer goods prices in the U.S. was 6.2 percent. And uh, that is, of course, a terrible thing for most uh, Americans because inflation erodes the purchasing power of money. It uh, makes people poorer. And uh, inflation is a societal and economic evil. And uh, when I look at what's happening in the euro area, I would say that uh, we also running into an inflation problem. Inflation uh, will remain elevated, I'm afraid, in the years to come. And uh, in this context, I just wanted to point out that most people consider inflation as a rise, an ongoing increase uh, in the consumer goods prices across the board. Uh, however, rising goods prices are actually a symptom of an underlying cause. And mm -hmm. the underlying cause is uh, monetary inflation, uh, meaning the expansion of the quantity of money in the economy. And when we look at what has been happening uh, in the euro area, we would see that since early 2020, the European Central Bank 
uh, has issued so much new money that uh, a monetary overhang, as I call it, has been built up and it is around about uh, the size of 17%. And that means uh, this 17% is the uh, upward uh, price potential uh, for goods uh, and services uh, here in the euro area. And so I think we are heading towards uh, a regime in the coming two or three years where inflation of four, five, or even more percent are quite likely, I have to say. And so people uh, should take that as a warning because uh, inflation will eat away uh, the purchasing power of their lifetime savings of their incomes. And uh, isn't there a risk uh, that people um, basically react to this, that they do not stand by idly w- w- losing 5% officially, probably a lot more in, in real terms, uh, and, and start buying a lot more hard assets than before, uh, which then in turn you know, drives up the CPI? Yeah, well, inflation is a, it's a very complex phenomenon and it's actually a dangerous uh, phenomenon. Uh, you, you, you are rightly pointing out that people will react to higher uh, goods price inflations. Uh, for instance, they increasingly exchange their money against, let's say, stocks and houses, uh, ho- houses real estate, uh, art, uh, other commodities. And that, of course, could drive uh, price inflation even higher. Uh, if people lose their confidence in the purchasing power of money, this is actually a, a rather plausible scenario. And this is why uh, mainstream economists, many politicians and uh, representatives from central banks keep talking to the general public, trying to convince them that inflation is just a transitory phenomenon, uh, that it will sooner or later uh, Uh, result in lower uh, goods price inflation. But what I just said is, is, uh, to me, uh, the more plausible scenario, namely that this tremendous monetary overhang will make uh, price inflation uh, worse, not better in the coming two to three years. And uh, you mentioned the ECB, which is, of course, uh, 100% correct. eh? They have uh, been, um, you know, inflating the money supply. Um, with all kinds of uh, programs. Actually, with Brussels report, I'm coming out uh, soon with a, an overview of all the, uh, you know, the monetary transfers uh, and the fiscal transfers that are happening in the eurozone and uh, and uh, and at the EU level. So the the the, the ECB's programs are a big part of that. Uh, but that said, uh, of course, also the you know the banking system is is or or sort of the, the banks that have been licensed to uh, to create money out of nothing, you could argue, um, have, you know, they, I think, don't they have a responsibility also in the in the monetary growth that we've, we've seen in the last few years? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, most people consider, you know, the central bank as being the independent institution uh, taking care of our currency, Um, And uh, in close cooperation with commercial banks, they try to basically stabilize uh, the currency value and providing uh, the adequate amount of money in the economic system. Uh, Economically speaking, uh, it is more a kind of cartel, a cartel between the central bank and the commercial banks. 
And uh, I think that's uh, that gives us a different perspective on things, how they unfold. And um, but you're right. Uh, Commercial banks have a license to participate in the central bank's money production monopoly, so to speak. The central bank issues central bank money, and with central bank money, uh, commercial banks can issue their own commercial bank money. And um, in, 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 together, in close cooperation, as I said, in tandem, so to speak, uh, they prov- they have been uh, expanding the, the, the money stock in the economy uh, mm-hmm. in, to an extent that a huge monetary overhang uh, has been built up. And as, as I said uh, earlier, this will now drive up uh, goods prices. It may be that consumer price goods go up. It may be that Asset prices will uh, increase strongly, namely stock prices, housing prices, etc., or a combination of both. But at the end of the day, the purchasing power of the euro will suffer. The purchasing power of the euro will go down. And to sort of measure the, let's say, the erosion of the uh, the purchasing power of the euro, and then of course we cannot really know where then the bubble will will be visible. Uh, would you say that uh, M3 statistics are the right way or the, the right statistics to look at? Yeah, I think that is uh, uh, the monetary aggregate which is most important mm-hmm. in explaining what's going on as far as consumer and asset prices are concerned in the euro area economy. And uh, as I said earlier, the monetary overhang, the money stock that has been built up, that hasn't shown up in higher prices is currently around 17% mm-hmm. and the money stock is still growing at uh, 7.4%. So I'm inclined to think that the monetary overhang keeps growing. And uh, as I said, uh, the inflation problem will become more severe and people who would like to learn more about the inflationary implications, they have a good reason uh, to take a closer look at what's happening with the money stock M3. Interesting. And then um, sort of the consequence of, of all that is, uh, according to many, the uh, so-called zombification of the European economy, a phenomenon we also see in, in Japan, where they are also engaging in this uh, extreme uh, monetary experiments. Uh, now, um, I mean, the, the idea is that this is uh, resulting from the fact that governments, you know, they don't have to reform anymore, it's free money printed uh um, um, by the central banking cartel um, and in the end you know because there's no competitiveness reforms uh, happening anymore um, you know European companies cannot compete anymore and, and you see companies just basically sort of surviving but with ultimately they're zombies so, so that's the analysis at least I mean to what extent do you agree with that uh, how severe is it because what we see in Europe we still see startups we still still see real growth and, and real innovation despite, despite all uh, so so what, what's your what's your take on this yeah I think this is also a very important aspect for growth and uh, employment the overall welfare in the in the EU area t- in the years to come this uh, zombification of the corporate sector uh, you know I think it's important to um, to be aware that we live in a so-called fiat money system. Uh, that means, as we said earlier, that central banks in close cooperation with commercial banks increase uh, the outstanding money supply through credit expansion. 
creation. And uh, this basically amounts to money creation out of thin air. I think you used that term earlier, mm-hmm. and, and I like it a lot uh, because it, it, it describes uh, the reality of money production. New money is actually injected into the economy uh, not being backed by any savings and uh, the injection takes place in the credit market. Um, And this uh, artificially uh, increased credit supply lowers the market interest rates below the level that would prevail had there not been such a credit injection. And the point here is that the artificially suppressed market interest rate induces people to consume more, to save less, and it encourages uh, companies to invest more. Uh, the, the artificially lowered interest rate uh, rate int- induces uh, entrepreneurs to start investment projects which they wouldn't have started had the market interest rate not been artificially lowered. And so to speak, this is an in, uh, built-in zombification of the economic system. And uh, once this system uh, gets into a crisis, central banks, uh, in, in this case, the European Central Bank, lowers interest rates even further, lowers capital costs and keeps uh, companies with bad business models, with, with models which are unprofitable, uh, alive. And, and that, of course, uh, reduces the competitive forces in the economy, lowers um, the degree of competition to come up with new products, with better products. And uh, this is certainly a development uh, which uh, we can uh, see in, in Japan in the last uh, couple of decades. Uh, It will lead to uh, lower growth rates, to fewer jobs, and the overall prosperity of the people uh, will will even decline in the years to come if if this this problem is not uh, getting sorted out. And maybe a little sidestep. Um, Of course, these kind of schemes are uh, visible all across the world, uh, really. Um, but particularly in Europe, we have the, the Eurozone, where I would argue that sort of the, you know, the winners and the, the losers of these schemes are um, not always um, evenly distributed. Um, so perhaps could you argue that the, sort of the, the, uh, the instability of the fiat uh, money system makes the... Uh, the eurozone uh, more unstable, and that um, you know all these instabilities. Think of the Target Two system, where, where Germany has more than a thousand billion euro of claims on 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 uh, on Italy and Spain, on Southern Europe. Um, that the, these instabilities would ultimately then you know endanger the monetary union in Europe. Well, I have to say that. Um as things stand today, I, I'm inclined to think there is still an overwhelming support for keeping the euro together mm. and defending it uh, at all costs. Uh, and because most people are not aware uh, how high these costs will be, and you hinted already at, at some of these costs, for instance, uh, the Deutsche Bundesbank uh, has a target two balance of more than one trillion euros sitting on its balance sheet. That's roughly 30% of GDP. That's massive. I mean, mm. if, uh, if the taxpayer would have to shoulder a huge bill once the uh, eurozone would uh, 
getting ripped apart, for instance. And also, in, in, in 2012, the European stability mechanism was established, and it got a landing capacity of around about 500 billion euro to be shouldered by the euro by the, by the euro area's healthy member states. I mean, it's a huge amount. And also, in August 2020, uh, the uh, tr- 27 EU states agreed on a 750 billion recovery fund. I mean, also a huge sum of money, and it, it will be borrowed uh, by the EU in the years to come. Um, and, and, and a final cost in this context, the European Central Bank is already pursuing an inflationary policy. It's, inflation is, is working like a taxation, you know, it taxes money, uh, it takes away the purchasing power of money from the people and transfers it to the borrower, in this case, uh, the states. Uh, the ECB drives up uh, price inflation with its monetary policy, reducing the purchasing power of euro. And this is a tremendous cost uh, for the people in Europe. So uh, to cut a long, long story short, I think at the moment, people do not really realize how expensive it is uh, to keep uh, the, the, the euro together. And uh, But Over time, I think people are going to wake up. They will see uh, that the costs uh, of getting the euro, of keeping the euro together with artificial means uh, will lead to lower growth, uh, fewer freedoms, uh, economic and and civil uh, freedoms will erode. Uh, There will be more regulation, more control, more taxation. And this will actually reduce the productive capacities of the economy. And um, so over time, I think people will become aware how, how costly it is. And, and then the question will be raised whether, uh, it can, whether the euro area can be reformed or whether there will be other solutions available, namely splitting it up, you know, mm. um, uh, adopting, let's say, a free market in money giving people the freedom uh, to, to, to use the euro as a means of exchange or uh, to, to opt for other alternative uh, means of exchange like cryptocurrencies or gold or silver. We will see. But uh, the setup of the euro area as it is today, I don't think it can survive as it is. Okay, interesting. And actually, on that, so so perhaps people may say, well, you know what, I I um, I rather don't wait uh, on politics. I'll uh, I'll take my fate in my own hands, uh, and I'll buy some gold. I buy buy some physical silver um, to defend myself. I would say that doesn't really need a lot of explanation. You know, gold and silver have been serving for a few thousand years as a method for people to successfully. Uh, at least keep their belongings, not become wealthy, but keep what they have. But then uh, what's your thoughts on on crypto and specifically Bitcoin? Is the jury still out on that or, or has it already proven to, you know, be a, a way to, you know, uh, to, to defend yourself against uh, uh, central bank madness, so to speak? Well, Peter, I'm very much uh, in favor of the emergence of uh, crypto units. Uh, I, I call them right. crypto units rather than cryptocurrencies uh, for certain reasons. I I'm very uh, I very welcome this development because it is what I call a competition of currencies. It is actually a process that is meant to bring better people uh, that, to bring uh, better money to the people. Uh, cryptos uh, challenge the 
money production monopoly of the states. And I think this is a rather productive development because um, a, a free market in money can solve many of the problems we face we are facing today uh, and and also there's no economic or ethical reason why uh, the the state should monopolize uh, should monopolize the production of money uh, in contrast there are lots of good reasons economically and uh, ethically justifiable reasons why people should have the freedom to choose the kind of money they would like to use in their transactions for trading purposes, for saving purposes, etc. And a free market in money is actually a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, having monopolized money is 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 a, is an arrangement, is a, a development uh, of the, of modern times. But um, you know, monet, the monetary history is 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 a very long stretches over very long. Uh, periods of time and the, the normal kind of money has always been a money that has been freely chosen by the people mostly in the form of precious metals gold silver you mentioned that already or even copper and um, i think this uh, is the only way to have a free market in money to provide people with sound money with good and reliable money and just look at the last couple of decades, you would see that uh, this unbacked paper money or fiat money issued by central banks in cooperation with commercial banks, uh, it has always created uh, problems, boom and bust cycles. It has uh, caused high inflation periods. It has even caused periods of deflation. It has uh, let uh, the economies run into ever greater amounts of debt. Other people, other other problems can be mentioned as well at this juncture, but I confine myself to just say the 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 key uh, the, the the key towards getting sound money is allowing uh, a free market in money, and I think this is a concept with which some uh, regional states in the United States of America have already adopted. They have, for instance. Uh, 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 done away with the VAT tax and the capital gain tax on gold, silver, and other precious metals in uh, Texas, in, in Wyoming, in Idaho, uh, in Arizona. They allow for a level playing field uh, where people can, on a regional basis, uh, use gold or silver coins as a means of exchange or the dollar. And I think this is a wonderful concept. Uh, It needs to be broadened. And I think uh, it will come at some point uh, and it will be recognized as a solution of our monetary problems we face today. Okay. And and, um, obviously that's that's all uh, very sound and true but then obviously there's a loser and the loser is, is the government uh, because uh, some suddenly if, if this whole crypto revolution actually breaks through um you know they, they will see their um you know uh, i mean a lot of the government financing is is currently not coming from taxes or from debt but but from the the ability to issue their own money and if people no longer use that then I mean, simply uh, the, the spending capacity of governments dramatically shrinks. So sh- should we not expect the empire to strike back 
<laughs> yeah, Peter, you're absolutely right. Uh, of course, uh, governments insist on their uh, money production monopoly, and you can see uh, the way they 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 try to deal with the crypto units like Bitcoin in particular. Uh, they want to discourage people from using it and um, uh, trying to put restriction on 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 the trading uh, of, of of Bitcoin uh, against other uh, goods and services. Uh, of of course. Uh, this is the reaction one has to expect. Uh, as I said earlier, there is actually no economic or ethical reason why the government should be in control of our money. The only reason why the government has the monopoly of money is, is, is power. I mean, being the monopolist of money production makes you very powerful. And our governments have become so powerful, have become big and deep governments because they are the monopolists of money production uh, to, to the great disadvantage of the greater majority of the people. And of course, if there's a change in uh, the monetary landscape, meaning uh, alternative uh, money candidates increasingly challenge uh, government's uh, money production monopoly, it will put a limit on government expansion. And in many countries, it will mean uh, that the government will have to shrink going forward. And of course, many politicians and bureaucrats wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, and that is important, I think, to note, it would, it would be uh, the uh, it would be favorable for the vast majority of the people if uh, free market in money would succeed in taking uh, the money production monopoly out of the hands of governments and their politicians. Yes, and you don't think that somehow they can ban it or you think it's already going to be too late, it's going to be too big to ban it? Or, or what's the... Well, what's you know... I still remember 1989 when the Berlin Wall fell. You know, mm -hmm. my teachers at that time were saying, well, you know, the former GDR, you know, they they will manage to keep on going for the next decades. And it's very unlikely that the, that the wall would come to would come crashing down but mm. a couple of days later you know i saw it in <laughs> uh, in 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 in, uh, in the newspapers and uh, there was a watershed experience for me i i you know it's socialist uh, regimes cannot survive sooner or later uh they will fall apart and uh, the, a good idea in a free market uh has a tremendous power to change things. And once people realize that there is better money, that it is possible to have a sound currency, a money that doesn't uh, lose its purchasing power over time, that cannot be uh, increased at uh, political expediency at any point in time, etc., uh, people will, will do everything they can to get hold of it. And uh, it will be a power struggle, no doubt, but but in the end, I think the, the chances are there that mm -hmm. uh, we will get rid of uh, this uh, destructive scheme of uh, the monopolization of money through governments. All right. Back to uh, um, today's world. Uh, so is, is it possible that we see a massive correction in asset prices um, in Europe, in the Eurozone? I'm thinking of stocks, real estate, bonds 
is that conceivable and or, or do you think it's anyhow possible to to try to predict that well it is is it conceivable i would say certainly yes uh, the question is is such a crash likely to happen well i would say the probability of such a scenario is certainly not zero but the probability mm. might not be as high as most people think mm -hmm. and the reason is once financial markets come crashing down it's very likely that central bank will open up the monetary spigots and issue even more money at mm -hmm. uh, even lower interest rates um, inflation the inflationary policy is 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 considered to be the policy of the least evil uh, of alternatives and so we have seen that in uh, in early 2020 we have seen it in 2008 2009 and uh, even in 2000 2001 central banks uh, increase the quantity of money to in an effort to fend off a crisis so i think as things stand the risks for any investor for, for any saver is not that we going to experience a sharp uh, asset price deflation in the next 12 or 24 months, uh, but that inflation is uh, going to rise and will destroy the purchasing power of uh, the official currencies. Yes, yes. Um, in, um, I think it was 10, 11, 12, 13, the Eurozone was in very bad weather. And then the, the Federal Reserve was organizing this uh, dollar swap. So basically, they, uh, they were pumping uh, liquidity backed by the US dollar uh, to prop up the Eurozone. I mean, there's some debates on, on how, you know, uh, how important that was to, to save the Eurozone. But I think it's sort of uh, underreported. Uh, under uh, now, uh, the thing is, it can happen again if Eurozone politicians don't long do not longer get like get along um, maybe the us may once again bail out uh, the eurozone and then of course ultimately the us can do that because it has the the world reserve currency so so our paper money system is based on on the us dollar so so yeah. i mean how how sustainable is this position according to you um, is it conceivable that we see you already of course mentioned bitcoin and crypto Uh, but is it conceivable to maybe have uh, another um, fiat money issuer, China, taking over? Or, or is it conceivable that the US sort of collapse and that we go to a Bitcoin standard or a gold standard? Well, there, there are a lot of scenarios out there which have a certain probability. Uh, let me say that in the land of the blind, in the land of the blind, uh, the one-eyed is king. You oh. know, the, the U.S. dollar is still uh, the dominant currency in the world, as you just said, mm -hmm. for trading and financing and, and saving purposes. Uh, for instance, uh, the, the, the the daily. Uh, Trading volume in, uh, in in global foreign exchange markets is uh, around about seven trillion dollars. It's you know it's denominated in dollars, and uh, uh, the volume of dollars traded is is nearly three times the trading volume uh, of the euro 
and five times the trading volume of the Japanese yen. So mm. still, uh, like it or not, the, the US dollar, the greenback is still uh, the dominant uh, currency, fiat currency in the world. But of course, it suffers from all the the problems uh, fiat money uh, can su- and does suffer. It is inflationary. It causes boom and bust. Uh, it, it, it leads to... An, uh, unsocial distribution of income and wealth and it it, it drives uh, the economies into ever greater amounts of debt Um, but still the world's monetary system depends on on the greenback and i i don't see uh, that the japanese renminbi or the euro or the japanese anytime soon could challenge that position um, the danger is, I think, more that uh, the global financial system becomes even more concentrated on the dollar so that the dollar mm-hmm. will become really uh, the world fiat money, the world single fiat money. And as you know, there are plans out there to uh, to merge the remaining national fiat currencies into one global currency and that is of course a nightmare scenario but um, it's it's actually uh, i would say a natural uh, evolution as if 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 the countries around the world don't get rid of fiat currencies and um, that is having said that uh, it's so important that we have uh, this development in the, in the in the market for crypto units, and mm-hmm. also it is important to know that people basically relearn uh, that. There is fantastic, basically perfect money out there. And you mentioned it already. It's gold and silver. It has Mm -hmm. served as sound money for thousands of years. And there's no uh, reason to think that it cannot serve uh, as well in in this modern uh, digitalized uh, economies which are uh, evolving. uh, Talking about gold, how how would you... uh... How would you see it being readopted, like after a crash, and then sort of everybody goes to gold in a natural instinct somehow, or or after a political campaign? I mean, yeah. obviously not. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Just let me let me say that um, because I said gold is kind of perfect money. I, I love to say uh, gold is. Uh, mankind's base money. Uh, Gold has actually uh, all the attributes that make for good money, that make for sound money. It is Mm -hmm. scarce, it is homogenous, it's durable, it's divisible, it's transportable, it's mintable, and people love it. It's it's basically perfect money. And um, I'm not in favor of calling uh, for a gold standard, you know, in the sense that central banks should uh, increase their gold reserves and and then the newly uh, issued money should be gold-backed. Uh, I'm not in favor of this kind of centralization because mm-hmm. once you agree to having a central bank which backs up its uh, money issues with gold or silver or whatever, it, it won't take long and the government is breathing down the neck of uh, this kind of monetary system. What, I, what I'm in favor of is a free market in money. 
Peter, I would love uh, to see that uh, we all have the freedom to choose the kind of money we would like to use, be it the dollar, be it the euro, be it uh, Bitcoin or be it gold and silver. And then let com the, the, compet uh, the competition system decide which is the best money. And I think this is the way towards uh, getting better money for the people, uh, for providing uh, for, uh, for a more stable economic development, for more prosperity, uh, for a, a, an even more intensive division of labor uh, nationally and internationally. I think we need a free market in money. The people must decide, should decide which kind of money they prefer. I agree, of course. Uh, now, uh, that's that's optimistic. So let's now um, act as a well-informed optimist, meaning a pessimist. Um, what if the sort of internet revolution allows governments worldwide uh, to fulfill their most dystopian projects to control everyone, uh, which then would sort of break the back of the crypto revolution? And um, then we would see a, what if we then see, let's say, a centralization, as you mentioned, of the remaining uh, fiat currencies into one global currency, um, then could that be perhaps the IMF special drawing rights? I mean, recently this was expanded, which was sort of already, you could argue, um, an embryonic global currency to, to some uh, in, in some definition or, or do you think that's all on the sidelines we shouldn't worry too much about the SDR and, and these things well Peter I um, just it comes to mind in 2018 I, I published a book it was uh, called in German um, mit Geld zur Weltherrschaft it means the, the global currency plot maybe that's a good uh, translation mm -hmm. and in in that book i try to outline the um, the underlying dynamics in this uh, fiat money system on a, on a on a global scale and that it has a tendency for concentration and at the end there would be a single global fiat currency run by a global central bank and i would call it a dystopian perspective and uh, i think it would be a very dangerous development as and as you rightly point out the digital central bank uh, currencies uh, which should come uh, to the markets according to politicians and central banks they would clearly speed up this process and of course um, the uh, the negative outcome would be a, a, a further concentration um, in, the, in, 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 in money production among fewer and fewer central banks. Uh, ultimately, you have just one single central bank left. And uh, this would be, as I said, a kind of dystopian development. And we can only hope that it, 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 that it is not going to unfold. And... Uh, Again, this, 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 this would mean perfect tyranny. And uh, so we have to tell people, inform people about these developments and uh, point out that there is an alternative for them to getting hold of better money. And that is a free market in money. And uh, this is basically, I think, the only thing you can do. You have to inform people about these uh, developments, point out where it leads us to and um, show them that there is an alternative. Uh, but uh, of course, I don't know the future. At the moment, uh, it doesn't look good that the governments expand at the, um, at 
at the expense of economic and civil liberties, mm-hmm. um, helped by the instrumentalization of climate change and the coronavirus. But um, look at history. It has always been a fight between um, good and evil and freedom and unfreedom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we have to we have to join that fight for freedom and uh, we shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't feel discouraged and uh, move forward move uh, boldly forward peter absolutely i cannot agree more of course and and even if the dystopian global currency uh, the euro at the global level uh, takes form there's still gold you know for people to to save uh, some of their belongings in uh, in the real world uh, not being tracked by digital means um, so uh, that said, uh, thank you, thank you very much, uh, Thorsten Polet. Uh, I thought it was a, a great, a great discussion, and uh, yeah, we, uh, I, I gladly uh, keep in touch with you, and I hope to to see more of you on on Brussels report. Always a pleasure talking to you, uh, Peter. I'm more than happy to support your effort. And and again, you do such a great work and uh, uh, keep up your good spirit and your good work and all the best. (laughs) Thank you. I will. Thank you. The Brussels Report Podcast.